Hey there guys, and welcome back to the Travis and Damien Podcast, episode 73. We're available on anchor.fm slash Travis and Damien Podcast, along with Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and many more. If you guys would like to ask us any questions, you can leave a voice message at the Anchor link or in the YouTube comment section. Today, we're going to be talking about trailers for The Batman, Uncharted, and Netflix's Cowboy Bebop. Then we're going to give our thoughts on Valkyrie Ray's Reflect in Pokimane's RTS. Afterwards, we'll get into our recent activities, including our thoughts on Sora and Smash Brothers. Lastly, a whole lot of Spider-Man No Way Home news. So first, let's just dive into the first trailer, which is The Batman, uh, the Matt Reeves sort of, uh, I guess, reimagining of the character. A lot of people are excited and a lot of people are hyped about this just because it looks like it's taking, I'm not going to say a completely different turn for Batman, but of a very interesting and I think a good direction for the character because we haven't had a solo Batman film since The Dark Knight Rises and people have opinions on that film. Um, I will hold mine for now, but I think that this new one looks like it's going to be pretty good. Yeah, I mean, I feel the same way. I'm not like the biggest Batman fan. Like Mm -hmm. I just kind of, you know, whatever's popular, I'll, you know, look at it, watch it or whatever. And, uh, you know, I really like the Nolan trilogy. You know, Dark Knight, I thought Dark Knight Rises was okay. Like I think people... You know, people have strong feelings about that movie, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I thought I thought it was good. Um, you know, obviously Dark Knight was probably the best one, but um, mm-hmm. uh, but in terms of this trailer, I, I guess it had the same vibes as like, like a no. I I don't really know what makes it different because I'm like, that looks like Batman, <laughs> like doing the <laughs> Batman things with Riddler. So I think that that looks pretty all uh, pretty nice. Um, like that final shot of the shot of the trailer was really cool, where it's like he's just walking up with like the Batmobile and stuff like on fire. He's just slowly walking up to you. Like that's pretty threatening <laughs> for his, you know, a superhero. But yeah, I think they got the tone and stuff all down. Like it really does feel like, you know, a Batman movie and I can't wait to see what, you know, I guess new direction they're gonna go and what like villains are gonna use. Again, like Riddler is really cool to use. I don't think they uh used him in a movie yet, so Yeah. And you know, he's always been a like a really prominent villain so i'm actually surprised he hasn't been used yet so i'm very interested to see what they do like just with the riddler and how he could like i guess like you know mess with uh, almost a spider-man batman's (laughs) mind and stuff (laughs) in terms of all the riddles and stuff so yeah yeah i mean like good thing you do bring up spider-man because it's sort of like you know batman and spider-man are like the two most popular sort of superhero movies i would say yeah uh because they are reimagining batman once again they are trying to use a different villain i think they've used riddler in the past but like that was years and years ago so you know a a sort of like modern take on the villain is gonna be pretty cool robert pattinson i think that you know people were giving him a lot of shit when uh, he was first initially announced just because he's known as the twilight guy but yeah (laughs) if you've seen him in a lot more recent stuff which the internet was quickly to be like hey you know if you watched his movies after twilight like he's actually like a pretty good actor which i believe them uh and it looks like that he's really taking on the character so i cannot wait to go and see what matt reeves and robert pattinson have in store for this movie uh just because it looks like it's gonna be pretty good so yeah i mean i, I do again like i said i like the tone of it and usually i think yeah dc is always is always really weird when it comes like in terms of how good their movies are mm-hmm. like sometimes i think they nail it like i think the suicide squad and the joker were like very good um shazam was also really good but then you know they have like wonder woman 1980 whatever <laughs> and that shit was awful and you know like aquaman and stuff but um, i think in terms of batman they're probably gonna take it like more serious like i think they're really gonna pull all the stops because you know batman is like the biggest ip like that dc has so um i i think it's gonna turn out good so yeah have faith i think yeah. one of the reasons why uh, some of the films end up being so good and some of them be- end up being so bad is because 
they allow the directors to have complete creative sort of like freedom and just do whatever they want. So obviously right. with James Gunn, the Suicide Squad, he he did that was a James Gunn movie, like barring none, like you could tell just by watching it. Um, and it looks like with this one, I feel like Matt Reeves knows the character, and I mean he knows the character so much that they are allowing him to work on another Batman sort of thing with the sort of reimagining of the animated series, which is going to be pretty hype. Despite me being a person that has never watched the animated series, I know that that show is very much well loved by Batman fans and sort of people that grew up on that show in general. So you know, Matt Reeves having his hand uh, in two places for Batman is pretty exciting. And I think that hopefully this movie does live up to the hype and it should uh, be coming out uh, in 2022, I believe March or something like that, exclusively in theaters. So hopefully everything sort of, you know, dies down because goddamn this fucking pandemic. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> and um, I have another point. Oh, I do hope they uh, just kind of steer clear of like the whole DCU thing. I think DC is trying to step away from that anyway, because mm-hmm. I, I I think the movies are the most strong is when they're just doing their own thing, like you said. So um, hopefully it just makes its own like either just nice solo film or like it could spawn a trilogy or whatever. But I just don't want it to connect to, like the DCU at all, which I don't think they're <laughs> gonna do. But um, yeah, but I think that's what made the Joker so good and the Suicide Squad as well. So yeah, hopefully Batman follows that steps and less of the the bad um DC stuff. All right, okay. so um. Now, we got the Uncharted movies. So, there's also been a lot of mixed things about this movie. <laughs> um, so, as someone who hasn't played the Uncharted movies, right? Because I've been hearing a lot of things from people who have played Uncharted. Um, I, I can't comment on that because I, I haven't played them. But in terms of what I've seen, I do think... Now, I'm seeing... Uh, what's his face? Tom Holland as nathan drake it does feel really weird <laughs> um I mean, i've never been like that big i'm like I, I don't know if that really fits even if it is a younger nathan drake i feel like it doesn't like fit the character at least in my mm-hmm. eyes like you know you already know what nathan drake like looks like and like how he acts and stuff even if you don't play the games yeah um and seeing him as nathan drake like i'm not too convinced um same thing with mark Wahlberg as uh sully <laughs> yeah <laughs> this is all kind of weird uh yeah it just feels like kind of like miscasting and more like oh these people are popular let's just put them here you know what i mean yeah like 100 percent uh tom holland he's still spider-man right now so it is sort of weird to see him break out of that uh sort of role and obviously like he's done other movies i believe cherry was another one which was with the russo brothers and that one sort of received mixed receptions um, but this one, it's another sort of like blockbuster movie and he's taking on the role of a young Nathan Drake, which, you know, as a person that loves the Uncharted series one through four, um, the fourth one being like really, really good and honestly very surprising because I thought that after the third one, they didn't have to make a fourth one, but I'm glad they did because it really was everything the Uncharted series was story-wise gameplay, everything like that is literally the perfect Uncharted game and it ended the series off on a good note but when it comes to this trailer like 100% Mark Wahlberg bro I cannot see him as anyone else but Mark Wahlberg which is like very hard (laughs) um so you know seeing him in this movie as a younger Sully I'm like all right I guess but at the same time you know when it comes to the Uncharted games they pretty much explain everything about Nathan Drake and Sully like in those games so having a movie that that takes place even before then it's a little bit of a stretch so I wonder on how this is gonna sort of piece into the Uncharted series the Uncharted universe etc because and you know Tom Holland as Nathan Drake I can kind of see it but I can also kind of not just because 
the the blockbuster role that he came out with was peter parker so like it's sort of like the same thing with like other actors that tried to do other roles even like robert downey jr nowadays you know like i believe he did uh i forget what movie it was but he did a movie oh. after endgame was it like dr doolittle or something yes uh-huh <laughs> so you know him doing that role but like you know people are just gonna see him as uh tony stark but that's just like the thing that happens when you take on superhero roles is that like people are just going to put you in that box and be like, Oh, that's that character. That's this person. But even then, like it seems a little off. I mean like him in like the classic, like Nathan Drake costume, that looks pretty cool. Um, the whole plane sequence, which is straight up from uncharted three. I'm like, but the reason why uncharted three was kind of cool was because of that sequence. So then putting it in this movie is a little weird. So I'm like, okay, so he's already done that before. All right. I don't know what's going on here, but I don't know. Um, you know, Tom Holland definitely he uh hyped this movie up of uh, maybe a year ago or something like that. Uh maybe like six months, I forget. But he said something like this is like a very like different video game movie, which like right now I'm kind of like not sold on it yet. Obviously when I see it in theaters I'll have my full judgment, but right now I'm kinda like uh it's it's an uncharted movie i will say that <laughs> <laughs> yeah i also heard like like my brother you know he played all the, the uncharted games as well and he said yeah they were just taking a lot of things from all the uncharted games and just playing like the set pieces like you said in this movie i guess um mm-hmm. so yeah i don't know how that's gonna like mess with like i don't know if they want to do like a movie timeline or what but it is kind of weird that they would just take things from the you know the other games and just you know put them all into like this origin story i guess not origin story but like um I guess like, like prequel, prequel movie you know yeah so like it that feels like they're kind of shooting their low too early in terms of like what they want to do um again it, it really just depends if it's successful or not which um it probably has the most potential out of any video game movie just because um you know like you don't really need to know it's not really video gamey you know like i said mm-hmm. it's basically just like indiana jones because that's what uncharted kind of is um, you know, any like like normie <laughs> can watch it <laughs> and just be like, oh, it's just like Indiana Jones. It's a good adventure movie, and yeah, it kind of is. So, um, you know, you don't really know too much about the games, but as you know, people that who have played the games, it has come off as like kind of weird, miscasted, and like just kind of like putting way too many like I guess plot points from the other movies or games into this game or movie. God, <laughs> so yeah, movie games, whatever. So yeah, I don't know. I, I really don't know how I feel about it. I would rather just play the games if it's gonna like spoil some things for the games for me you know what i mean so yeah i, I probably won't be touching this movie to be honest i mean yeah i don't blame you I, I i feel like the you know just because of the star power of tom holland and mark Wahlberg, this is 100 going to do well at the box office either way whether it does good or bad uh just because those actors are able to pull in audience members um so yeah, I mean, I'm probably going to watch it just because I just want to see how good or bad this is. And, you know, watching bad movies, you kind of, in my opinion, you kind of have to watch the bad stuff to understand, like, what's, like, really, really good. Because if you just watch everything that's good, it's sort of like, uh, you know, like, what's really, like, the top of the... Uh, I'm not exactly sure what I'm trying to say here, but... No, I get you. Yeah. I just, like, I like watching bad media just to, like, ground myself and know, like, what's actually good. You know what I'm saying? So... Yeah. Um, this movie, I'm I'm not gonna say that it's gonna be bad, but it's definitely gonna be weird seeing Tom Holland in another like sort of big role and sort of see him take on the character of Nathan Drake just because you know that's always been the video game character, and now seeing him you know from Peter Parker to this, it's gonna be a little jarring. But I feel like that he can probably do it, but 
we're just gonna have to wait and see. Mark Wahlberg, I'm not, I'm not even gonna care about him just because he's, <laughs> it's fucking Mark Wahlberg. But <laughs> yeah, it's really hard to look at him as any other character yet. All right, so moving on, we got the Cowboy Bebop Netflix trailer. So, um, as a person that doesn't watch a lot of live action anime stuff, just because it's notoriously bad. Yeah, and why would you? <laughs> <laughs> the last uh, live action Netflix thing that they did was Death Note, and that was especially bad from what I heard. I haven't watched it yet just because um, I was watching the anime, so I didn't want to sort of spoil myself from the live action when I was watching the anime. But uh, this one, it doesn't look that bad. I mean, obviously, the main drive of Cowboy Bebop is the styled animation and sort of how it's drawn and the music and uh, everything like about Cowboy Bebop uh, is about an anime like it's like 10 out of 10 in my opinion obviously so you know transforming this like 10 out of 10 perfect anime in my eyes into a live action is obviously gonna have some issues if you will just because you can't do a lot of like the stylized things that the anime does uh, into a sort of Netflix series so I wonder if they're actually gonna adapt all of the episodes or if they're just gonna adapt the most important ones or the sort of like fan favorite ones uh but i mean personally i'm not sold on it i'm not gonna say that i hate it either uh i'm down with it honestly i think that this is one of the better sort of live action adaptation sort of anime things that have come out recently and i think that this one has the potential to be at least decent maybe even good um yeah i mean i, I could see that i mean <clears throat> they're definitely putting a lot more care or, I guess just more attention I guess, to the yeah attention to like the original source material. Just keeping the opening theme is really nice. Like just hearing you know the main theme going off, mm-hmm. and that, that's really cool. And you know the costume designs and the set designs. Like it seems like you know it's pretty faithful to like the anime, even though it kind of looks a little ridiculous when they're you know they're wearing <laughs> all the crazy outfits. But you know it's kind of the thing because anime is kind of like crazy. So I'm I'm glad they they kept that. You know I I can't really say much about like the overall production value are acting really because you know i didn't watch it but just from the trailer like like spike's actor seems okay like he seems like he's he's doing stuff um and yeah i mean like it really is going to depend on just like how the action and stuff is like and they haven't they didn't really show much of that but i i can't say that the style does look like it's retained from the anime like they try their best and i think it definitely shows um but yeah in, in terms of everything else it, it, i'm gonna have to wait uh, it could definitely turn out to be a disaster, like uh-huh. Death Note, but I, I don't think it is. I think, you know, obviously people are going to make fun of it, because why wouldn't you? Because, <laughs> you know, Netflix <laughs> adaptation. But I, I definitely think the whoever is, like, directing this, like, seem to really like Cowboy Bebop, and they want to do their best to make a live-action version. Again, like, it, does this really need to exist? Like, not really. You could just watch the anime instead. But, um, you know, if they could do some different things, honestly, I would rather them make it just a little bit different, just so it kind of just stands on its own. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm kind of more of the opinion that, you know, I'm okay with straight remakes most of the time if it's like a video game, because I think video games kind of need it if they're outdated in terms of gameplay and stuff. And, you know, I think that's fine. But if it comes with movies, you know, usually they're like timeless, right? Like mm-hmm. an anime, like it's always going to look good. Like maybe like it looks a little crusty, but not really. Like Cowboy Bebop <laughs> still looks amazing in terms of animation. So like why need to remake it unless you want to bring something new to the table? So if this could bring some like new things to the series or like just to the overall thing, then, you know, go for it, I think. Um because, you know, people aren't going to, like, care either way. So you might as well just do something different. I don't know. That's just my opinion on it. Like, it, it really just, like, depends on what they're going to do, you know? Yeah. And when it comes to, like, remaking and sort of, like, video games to movies or anime to live action, you know, just, like, having these, I guess, different 
forms of media sort of intersect with one another sort of bringing it to a new audience if you will because you know unfortunately this might be the first way people experience cowboy bebop which yeah <laughs> you know that's just the reality of things you know people go on netflix and then they're like oh you know like what's this new show and then they just start watching it and then they might like it and then they find out oh you know like this is based on an anime let me go and watch that and then they'll get into anime itself which oh no <laughs> <laughs> that could be a good or bad thing depending on how you look at it so you know, as long as this does an okay job, I'll be fine with it because, like you said, at the end of the day, when it comes to uh, adaptations or remakes or whatever, there's the original still there, hopefully. You know, the yeah. original is still being consumed and available for you. And even Netflix, they have the original Cowboy Bebop anime on their service right now. So if you want to watch that before the live action comes out, you can do that. And I definitely recommend doing that because Cowboy Bebop is one of the best sort of anime out there, in my opinion. And, it, and it's not that long either. It's like 26 episodes or something like that. So it is super duper good and I highly recommend it. But for this Netflix one, uh, we're just gonna have to wait and see and hopefully when it comes out it's not a dumpster fire <laughs> yeah also you will be sure you're gonna see like things on your like youtube suggested being like oh why this is the worst thing that ever happened to anime <laughs> or whatever so yeah just uh keep an eye on that if you don't see that then maybe it's good mm-hmm. all right so we got something here that made a lot of people mad for some reason uh god of war is coming to the pc Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, you know, if you've been living under a rock, you know, Sony's been releasing a lot of their games on PC lately. Uh, Horizon, Days Gone, and now uh, God of War. Uh, obviously, this is going to include like you know, 4K, unlocked frame rate, ultra widescreen, and shit. Like, you know, all, all the standard things you expect from a PC port. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I'm pretty sure the PC ports have been pretty good for uh, all the Sony games. Like, I know Days Gone has like very positive on on Steam, so I guess it did good. Uh, I think Horizon was a little more rough, but they fixed it up. Um, and it looks like God of War is going to get the same treatment. Um, so obviously, I think this is a great thing. Obviously, like I loved this game. Like God of War, like you know, 2018, the reboot was amazing. It was one of my favorite games on the PS4. And the more people that could play it, I think that's you know for the best. You know, there's a lot of people on PC that really want to play this game, but they didn't want to buy a whole console just to play this one game. But now that it's on PC, more people can play it, which is great. Uh, but a lot of people don't feel the same way. Some people feel like, oh, I'm getting cheated. Like, why <laughs> Why is this on PC? Like, why I buy a PlayStation for this? Even though it's, like, four years, three years later. Like, like all right, first, like, calm down. You have to play it, like, three years before anyone else could have. And two, like, who really cares? Like, if more people could play a game, then let them play the game. Um, you know, some people just prefer PC, and some people just prefer console, and then you can just pick what you want. Um, you know, obviously, it's not going to be on, like, the Nintendo Switch or Xbox, because, you know, that is still, like, exclusive to, like, Sony, I guess. But um, having PC be, like, sort of a middle ground for, like, the two big people, being, you know, Sony and Microsoft, I think that's good. You know, it's, it's always going to be healthy for the industry for more options, you know, more people have the chance to play it. Uh, and more people could like the franchise. So, yeah, I, I always see it as, a, like, a positive thing. I don't know why people are trying to spin it as a negative thing because, I mm-hmm. don't know, it just feels very weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, like I stated just previously about, like, cross-media and cross-platforming, this is literally in the same industry where it just comes to games. It's going from PlayStation to PC, and like you said, the game's a number of years old. They've done this before with Days Gone and Horizon, and I'm pretty sure those ports, like you said, were good, because if they weren't, we would have seen a bunch of Twitter clips. Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, just like with uh, Sonic Colors Ultimate, that game was buggy as hell, and uh, Cyberpunk 2077, you know? So I feel like that this game is likely going to get the a, a nice port and will hopefully not be buggy at launch, because... 
this is definitely the biggest PlayStation game coming to PC. And, you know, to those people sort of defending their piece of plastic that is PlayStation, you know, I just have to ask you, like, why exactly? Just because uh, PlayStation is trying to get more people to enjoy their games just because they are porting a game that was once exclusive to their platform now going to another platform, but it is still exclusive on the console side. You know, it's not going to Xbox or anything. You know, it's not going to their direct competitor. It's going to a more people that play games in a sense that isn't directly tied to their, I guess, like console war, if you will, if you even want to call it that. So, you know, God of War coming to PC. I obviously have no no gripes with it. Am I surprised that it's coming to PC? Not really, just because PlayStation has been doing this for a while. And I think PlayStation even announced that they are doing like PlayStation PC or something like that as like mm-hmm. a sort of yeah. like to sort of distinguish uh, sort of like their PC ports and things like that. So that's interesting. Um, but people able to play probably one of the best games of 2018 uh, on PC is going to be great. And more people get to enjoy it. More streamers get to play it uh and yeah i mean overall like this is definitely like a win-win on like whatever side you look at it in my opinion i mean you know you can look at it as like oh you know the ps4 is losing an exclusive but at the same time the ps4 was last generation so like what's the point in sort of like gatekeeping this title to its platform now you know what i'm saying so i don't know you know people are just weird they just like defending their plastic as the black okage likes to say it's just so random (laughs) yeah like simping for like a console or like just anything is kind of weird because um (laughs) i mean yeah i'm obviously i'm fortunate enough to like own like most of the things i don't have an xbox because i have a pc and usually you know microsoft's pretty good at you know just letting you play those games on pc Mm -hmm. so i basically have the whole spectrum of things available to me um you know obviously if you're not as into video games or you want to just stick with one console because you just can't afford it you know you know, then yeah, that kind of sucks. But it's also mm-hmm. good if you again, if you just own a PC, which probably is the best console or console, best thing to just own at this point, just because you can play so many different things. Plus, now you're able to get the big exclusives. Like I don't know, I, I just think it's better for everyone. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's okay to be fans of like the IPs of certain. Like you know, I love Nintendo IPs. I love like Sony first party IPs as well. But um, being like overly defensive as like, oh, no one else could play it. Only if you have a PlayStation is really tough. <laughs> so yeah, it's sort of like gatekeeping in a way, which is like yeah. kind of cringe. Gonna be be honest so you know just stop it <laughs> yeah like it really isn't like stop like, it's not worth it <laughs> all right so we're gonna move on from there and quickly talk about the playstation state of play that happened this past week uh honestly there was some stuff announced but i feel like a lot of it was sort of like uh b-rated titles like double a not like triple a games but like double a sort of games in a sense like a lot of them were indie titles um one of them was fnaf bug snacks um, we are OKF. I think that that one's interesting just for us personally because that one's sort of like a, I believe it's like a graphic adventure game, right? Something like that. Yeah, I, I think it's, it's like a biopic of a band that mm-hmm. like only has one single or something. It's kind of weird. Yeah, it's <laughs> like, like one EP, I think, and it's like five songs per ep- and like one song per episode. So yeah, it seems like a pretty interesting way to uh, sort I of guess promote, promote your band. Yeah. I guess <laughs> so. so. That is definitely interesting, but other than that, I believe the big title that they wanted to discuss was Little Devil Inside, which is it. Yeah. they just showed a bunch of gameplay for it, which the game still looks good. I mean, a lot of these titles I'm probably not going to get at launch, personally. I'm just like going to say it straight up, um, but the one title that I was like very like confused about was Cart Rider Drift, which is like the Mario Kart clone. <laughs> yeah. So that game's coming to PS4 next year. And also, it's free to play. 
So I'm like, okay, like what's what's like the business model here? They're probably gonna like sell skins, but like I don't know how successful that that's gonna be, just because like it's a kart racer, and like when you're trying to compete with like the likes of Mario Kart. And, like, Mario Kart is only on the Switch, obviously, but I feel like the demographics for Xbox and PlayStation, there's not really, like, a kart racing sort of, like, I guess, demographic there, if you know what I'm saying? Because most of the time when people buy Xboxes and PlayStations, they're most likely going to play, like, the sports games, the Call of Duties, the Battle Royales. Yeah, Yeah. so, like, a kart racer on, like, those platforms isn't really needed. And, like, if there are kart racers that are, like, decent, you know, they're, like, sort of, like, the Garfield one is one that comes to mind. (laughs) Garfield kart. The uh, Sonic one and whatever other ones, Crash Team Racing. Yeah, Crash Team Racing, yeah. yeah. That one came out a little while ago. But, yeah, I feel like, you know, a a kart racer that's free to play, like, how is that going to work sort of thing and how well is that going to do? So, yeah, I feel like you kind of need an IP attached to it to make it work too, to mm-hmm. make it like some eyeballs on it. Like, you know, like the, um, the Final Fantasy car racer might do okay just because Final Fantasy is in it. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. um, something that, especially the name, what is it called? Cart, like Racing Drift? I'm Car- like that, or Cart Car- Rider Drift. <laughs> yeah, I'm, the most like, that sounds like a fake algorithm name. So, um, <laughs> yeah, just, you know, bring back Mod Nation Racer and then we'll be okay. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, I guess in terms of the other stuff they showed, um, you know, Level Devil Inside was probably the biggest one because, you know, I was pretty interested in looking more into that game when they showed it um, a few years ago, Ravi, I think, right? Like a year or two ago? I can't remember. Yeah. But, um, you know, it seems pretty interesting. It's more like uh, you have the narrator always because uh, in the games, you really like to have the narrator <laughs> always <laughs> with you. Uh, you know, you, I guess the overworld is more like a little, like, sort of like, looks like a board game or something, kind of like move around a bit. And then the actual combat seems to be more Dark Souls, I guess. Uh, you know, I don't want to, you know, I know a lot of people say that, so I don't want to make it like a meme. <laughs> but yeah, it does look a bit Souls-y, you know? You know, you got your dodge roll and stuff. And it, it looks pretty fun. I, you know, I'm pretty interested to see, you know, what the narrative is all about and what's going on and stuff. So uh, I don't know if I'll pick it on launch, but um, I'll definitely keep my eye on it. Um, I straight up thought Star Ocean was like Xenoblade X for some reason. Obviously it wasn't. <laughs> but I'm like, yeah, this looks like Xenoblade X and uh, it wasn't. Uh, that game had I don't I, I don't know why game trailers keep showing like games with really shitty performance like are you think we're not gonna notice that like this is going like two fps in certain parts I'm like what what is this like don't don't show that same thing with that um that first class trouble that social deduction game that game mm-hmm. also ran like shit I'm like why would you show like games with like two frame rates like it doesn't like look good on you yeah but, yeah I don't know that's always that's always been a weird thing that I've been seeing a lot more of but um. Yeah, everything else is just indie stuff, really. Like, I can't really comment on much. You know, Bucks NAS got a free update. That's really cool. You know, FNAF, I, we don't play FNAF. You know, I'm not really attached <laughs> to that IP at all. Depth Store is good, but I, that's on PC, right? It came out. Um, but, and, you know, you can play on PlayStation now, which is cool. But, um, yeah, very much just, you know, just, just, it's basically an indie direct, like the um, like Nintendo does, except it mm-hmm. wasn't called that. It was just called State of Play. And I think people would have been less mad if you just straight up say, like, just called it, like, an indie direct. Because, um, you know, they, they probably did say that on Twitter, but, you know, people don't read that. Like, they should yep. really, like, <laughs> they should really have, like, different labels for this, their state of plays and maybe, like, an indie showcase like Nintendo does. Like, Nintendo makes it very obvious when it's just indie games. And I think people would have been more positive about it if they just did that instead of, like, oh, where's Final Fantasy 16 or something? You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, yeah obviously it wasn't going to be here. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, no Sly 5 or anything like that, but... Um, yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> you know, state of plays... I- 
ever since they started doing them, I've always been like, ah, you know, like they're whatever. Unless it's around E3, which like at that point you kind of have to show stuff big because that's what people are expecting. But whenever PlayStation just randomly announced a state of play and I don't see it trending on Twitter, I'm like, it was probably just like nothing. Like nothing was announced then. Um, so which not to say nothing was announced, but you know, just a lot of titles that I feel like were very much towards like niche audiences and indie titles were plentiful during this uh presentation so yeah uh it is what it is state of plays have always been like i said whatever to me so yeah yeah usually state of plays always going to be not as good as directs like i think someone just doesn't want to put either the money in it or it's like i don't know i feel like they really had to like sort their state of plays out because most of the time when one comes up i'm just like i guess i'll watch it (laughs) but that's about it i don't get like hype or anything yeah all right, so uh, we have some Twitch streamer stuff here. Yeah, uh, I don't know if you want to really take the reins. On All right, this I mean, one. I guess I guess I'll take the reins on it. Uh, so Valkyrie and, and the yeah. Reflect uh, sort of uh, debacle, if you will. So she announced a sort of skincare line uh, with her name and her sort of brand attached to it, um, and it is skincare for blue light. Um, so blue light, if you guys don't know, that's the sort of that emits from screens. So if you're sitting at the computer all day, uh, blue light can affect your eyes and that is proven by science. That's why things like gunners and, um, I forget which ones I have. Uh, Um, I mean, I have blue light, uh, blue light lenses. So like that helps with that, I guess. Yeah. So like I actually have blue light, uh, glasses. They're called gamer advantage. Um, (laughs) so I got those because, uh, the black Hokage, he like recommended those. He's like, you know, if you stare at a screen all day and you need like, you know, sort of like decent gunners, like these are pretty good. And I was like, all right, fine. You know, because I don't know where my gunners went. I think I lost them or something happened to them. Anyways. Um, so, you know, blue light, it does affect your eyes, but your skin, I'm not entirely sure, uh, but she was presented like research and like they've been doing like tests and sort of making sure that that the product works and everything like that. So she made like a whole like statement that is in this Dextero article. Uh, Someone re-uploaded it. It was like 30 minutes or something like that. I didn't watch her apology. I just read the article itself to sort of get like the important bits out of it. Um, But yeah, I mean, just like first impressions, like off the rip. I mean, Valkyrie as a content creator, um, I've always known about her just because of her rise during the Fortnite days, you know, along with Pokimane, Fort, uh, I was about to say Fortnite again, Ninja, yep. <laughs> uh, you know, like all of, all of those content creators, she sort of rose up with them. And then she signed with 100 Thieves, which I am very much following 100 Thieves as a organization just because I love Nate Shot and his brand and sort of everything with 100 Thieves. Um, and then she made the switch to YouTube and she wasn't doing so hot there. And then Among Us came out and she started doing all, all, all of these like collab streams with them because that's sort of what you have to do with Among Us. And she got popular over that. And now she's probably the biggest, uh, YouTube live streamer outside of VTubers. Um, and you know, she made, she made a home at YouTube at that point because, before then, you know, like when she signed with YouTube, she admitted that like, you know, like there's not like a lot of features that like Twitch had compared to YouTube and things like that. Like there was things missing with YouTube streaming that she missed from Twitch. Um, so, you know, now that she was being successful there and then she announces this and people are immediately up in arms and being like, this is a scam. Like, where's the science? Like, is this a money grab? This and that. And like, 
me personally, like in my honest opinion, like every single time I watch Valkyrie, you know, every single time I see her on Twitter, see clips of her, like in my opinion, like I don't think that she's a very like malicious person, especially when you know like her backstory and how she came into the streaming game. Like she used to work at GameStop. She the reason why she sh- she started streaming was because she just loved playing games and she just happened to come across Fortnite and because of Fortnite's blow up, she blew up as well. So you know, like when you know her story and know like sort of like who she is or sort of like what she wants to tell her audience, I guess, you know, depending on how you look at it with like a a sort of like cynical lens. But like, I don't think that Ray is like a very like money grabbing or like malicious person just because I feel like that that's just not who she is. Um, So people saying that this is a scam, like this is a money grab. Obviously, like it looks like that, but I don't think that like I feel like that she wasn't presented what she thought she was getting into, which uh, very much like in her response, she sort of like trying to, she tried to get out of this like sort of like reflect brand thing, but because she signed a contract and everything like that, you know, like legal stuff, she sort of is attached to this brand now, which is unfortunate. And obviously like she just has to learn from it. And like, just like one last thing I want to say is is about Tosa's response to this which is like very much like i think like hits the nail on the head as to like why ray ended up in this situation is that like she is very naive and impulsive and too trusting and because of that you know organizations and people will take advantage of that loyalty and unfortunately you know she just gets taken advantage of i'm obviously like sort of like tldr sort of uh just like quickly going over what toast said but that's pretty much what he said in his quote when he was streaming on Twitch during like the just chatting thing because that's all he he can do because he signed to Facebook. But um, yeah, I mean, I just don't think that this is something that she thought was going to be as big as it was. But just because, you know, the research wasn't on the website right away and like there's not enough research on this and this and that, you know, her name is now attached to this and, and, and unfortunately blew up in her face. So yeah, I think it just shows the importance of really, like, I guess, reading the fine print and, like, making sure, you know, ask a bunch of questions. Like, hey, like, obviously, she probably asked, yeah, you know, she wanted to know, like, the science behind it. And they did show her the science behind it. But, like, I don't think she she just assumed that that science would be on their website because why wouldn't you guys, I guess, just assume mm-hmm. that? But I feel like when it comes with, like, these, like, sort of sponsorships and things or, like, I guess, like, these brands, you really want to make sure to ask every little question you can because they will probably find every advantage to, like, take advantage of you, you know? Like, they probably, Mm -hmm. like, try to find some way to, like, like just get in, you know? So I feel like she probably should have asked a bit more questions. But, you know, was it made, like, maliciously? Like, like you were saying, but I mean, probably not from what you've been saying. Um, But um, it, it does seem a little careless, I guess. And is that really her fault? I mean, like... I guess, but again, Militia seems like a bit like too much. Like if she was like trying to really um, just make a bunch of money off of it. And I think she said it in that in the uh, article here, saying that you know, oh, people saying that it's a money grab. So I made a bunch of money. Like I can just retire <laughs> with the money. I mean, yeah, she's right. Like she was probably doing this because she actually generally like really liked this product and wanted it to like help people. Mm-hmm. So I I definitely think that that is really true there because like yeah, she probably could just retire for the rest of her life and she'll be fine. But um, she's not because she she wanted to like I guess keep working and like maybe help these you know you know sponsor this company and stuff but um yeah i I guess that just shows the importance like i said just reading everything read the fine print maybe get a lawyer with you like make them read everything and see if everything is good ask questions you know you want to make this you know want to take this stuff seriously especially when it's like a medical pro well not medical but like a a science thing 
Yeah, like a science thing. Things that like you know are supposed to be helping someone. You know, this is not just like Raycon earbuds or whatever, right? Or yeah. NordVPN. Like, <laughs> like this is like a thing that people will put on their their body. So you want to make sure that it's like actually like healthy and not gonna like give people cancer or something. You know what I mean? So yeah. Mm -hmm. Make sure like the research is actually like peer yeah. reviewed and like actual like science and like this is like an actual like problem sort of thing um because you know people were sure i'm clowning on there and saying things which you know some of it's warranted i will say just because you know it does seem a little ridiculous but you know it is what it is at this point because her name's attached to this brand unfortunately that she's kind of wants out but at the same time maybe she should have talked to more of her influencer friends because i know that like she has like an insane like sort of circle of people that are also you know twitch streamers influencers etc so maybe she just didn't talk to them i mean you know she's obviously co-owner of 100 thieves now so maybe she should have brought it up to one of them maybe had you know them maybe look into it maybe help her sort of guide her along maybe her team of people should have helped her i don't know you know there was definitely like a lot that she could have done herself but also maybe other people around her could have helped if she if they knew of this to begin with you know what i'm saying so yeah, it's obviously like a very sticky situation that uh, most of the internet has sort of let die down at this point because I believe it's like a week old. But yeah, you know, it is what it is. I think that this is something that she will remember for the rest of her career on the internet and will 100% be careful with like taking, you know, sort of anything that is sort of like co-signed by her or any sort of sponsorship. She's 100% going to look it over a couple more times. Yeah, and uh, you know that that's always good. Like people will learn from their mistakes. You know, she admit that she was wrong, and she should have, you know, read like what they were saying more clearly. Like you know, like hey, I, like I thought this information would have been publicly available and stuff. Like yeah, so hopefully yeah. she just learns from it and doesn't do something like this again. Um, you know, it's very clear that she feels pretty sorry about it. So yeah, I think everyone could just move on. Like I think it was just an honest mistake, and yeah, I, I don't think it's worth like lingering on her about it. <laughs> you know what I mean? So mm -hmm. and like. It sucks that uh, one point in the article, it says they can't show it because the specific research can be stolen by other companies. I mean, like, that just sucks. Like, she probably just didn't know that, that, like, that sort of information couldn't be put up on the website. Maybe she just didn't ask it. Who knows? Obviously, like, this is all, like, sort of speculation. But, yeah, it just sucks. <laughs> All right, so we got some more Twitch news. We got here Pokemon, the, the the queen herself. Yes. <laughs> she announced RTS. <laughs> so it's a talent management and brand consulting firm, basically a uh, consulting agency that doesn't take a percentage cut of transactional deals, and it's about building a creator's brand. So it's basically just like, you know, this kind of reminds me of the um those YouTube things, like the YouTube. Oh, the MCNs. Yeah, those. Like, it kind of reminds me of that, but I guess less malicious because they're not supposed to be taking money from you, I guess. Um, uh, also, the, her company here also owns and manages Evo, which I did not know. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I guess this is, I mean, all right, when I read this, I kind of felt like it was too good to be true because I'm like, why wouldn't they, like, try to, I guess, squeeze in? like trying to get some money from you if they did make you big i guess mm -hmm. uh, you know i guess that's the cynical part of me because you know I, I with the mcms in youtube I mean, that's kind of what they did right like you know yeah you people always bitch about machinima and stuff because they want to give them like the right amount of money or to just like would just be really shit and support yeah, and like stuff. lifelong like, contracts and shit like that. <laughs> yeah lifelong contracts and even though they're, they're donezo now like yeah yeah it's kind of what i read you know kind of what i was thinking about when i first read this um you know i'm not gonna make too many assumptions because you know we haven't really seen it in action yet but uh i i don't know these consulting and talency agencies always like are like kind of a i guess a fine line to walk behind you know 
from being supportive to helping the creator or mm-hmm. to just being really scummy and taking advantage of the creator's like success if they could have just done it by themselves but um yeah it, it's it's a really tricky thing I, i'm not saying pokemon is gonna do that or anything or her her firm is gonna do that or whatever but um it's just something to really look at because we, we've had examples of this in i guess internet culture before with YouTube, yeah but um, with creators yeah. and things like that yeah because yeah. you know pokemon sort of coming out and doing this obviously like a one to her you know she is the ruthless businesswoman as people know her mm-hmm. on like the offline tv circle and things like that but right you know she said that there are too many examples of people being mistreated agreeing to contracts with unfair compensation and she literally said this cringy deals so <laughs> yeah i mean <laughs> I think that there is definitely some truth in that statement because she has been in the scene for a long time and she probably has had friends come up to her and be like, hey, you know, like this company wants to work for me with this sponsorship. Here are my numbers. Here's what they're giving me. Is this a good deal? And sometimes she's probably like, hey, like what the fuck? They should be paying you more because you have this audience, you have this brand, this and that. So maybe just by doing that stuff behind the scenes obviously me me speculating once again but her probably just helping her friends behind the scenes she probably just wants to help creators in general and you know we know pokimane like she is the queen of twitch pokey w's in the chat you know like she has so <laughs> much fucking money like at this point just like with ray like she could retire and not think about all of the streaming shit anymore like she could 100 do that but the reason why she does it is because she enjoys streaming she enjoys her audience and she enjoys you know being on the internet which you know that is a one to her and the fact that she's doing this firm as a way to sort of help content creators build their brand and she realizes that you know you can't just like cookie uh sort of like cookie cutter sort of like every single content creator because every single content creator has a different audience a different brand etc so she recognizes that while building rts which is obviously a play on the real-time strategy um yeah so yeah i mean whoever you know is is able to i guess sign with her and sort of be under their brand you know the first one to leave you know they're 100 gonna make a youtube video be like all right so this is my experience with rts this and that and hopefully it's good but you know obviously like that is way far off into the future because we don't even know who she's trying to sign because in my opinion if she signs any of the offline tv people or anyone within her immediate circle right now that's obviously a huge conflict of fucking interest so you know she's probably not gonna do that she's probably gonna try to sign content creators that she's never heard of uh and she definitely wants to help and sort of bring them into the limelight that she probably knows has potential but needs that sort of little boost and that extra help to get them brand deals and read over contracts this and that etc you know sort of just like manage them which is what this sort of talent talent agency is supposed to do um and then the last bit where she just fucking owns evo now which is fucking weird i mean like you know i don't think pokey has ever explicitly said that she uh participates within the, the fighting game community and things like that but she did tweet on like her other account free mvc2 which was kind of funny because i'm like ah shit you know like whatever the next lineup of evo is maybe she has a saying that maybe melee comes back who the hell knows you know because right now all we we all we know is that she just owns that now which is just strange (laughs) got that money (laughs) using that money (laughs) i mean you know which you have as much money as she does because you know it's just it's probably crazy like how much she actually has and she's just like well what can i do with this you know what can i do 
from like a business standpoint and the fact that she was just able to swoop up evil like that you know and get the fighting game community on her side in a way if you think about it because of that you know quick little hashtag you know maybe something to tease for the future events of evo it's gonna be interesting so you know this sort of new business venture that she is going on while still streaming on twitch is gonna be pretty interesting and i know yeah. we say that a lot so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i'm just interested, uh, like i'm you know I don't know if she's going to keep streaming after this, right? Like, I don't know if she's going to just, I guess, expand and phase out streaming for her and just become just more of a just like, I guess, yeah, businesswoman where she's like, you know, more <laughs> more focused on just managing like these different like companies and like, you know, like this new thing and Evo and stuff. Like, I don't know if she's going to like step away from streaming because, you know, it doesn't really like, she doesn't really have to anymore. I mean, mm-hmm. she might do it like occasionally, but it wouldn't surprise me. Maybe she, um, like doesn't stream as often anymore just because she's i don't know she'll be so busy with this shit like i don't know how she would have time to stream so i mean she's um, kind of like ninja if you really think about it you know because like ninja he doesn't stream consistently anymore because he did that for like many many years and you know when he does stream he still pulls numbers same thing with pokimane so you know maybe she does take that sort of backseat approach yeah, that, that wouldn't surprise me if that happened. So if you're a big Pokemane fan, you know, be prepared to, uh, <laughs> you know, feel sad, I guess. <laughs> Keep them Pokey-Ws in the chat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's get into our recent activities. Uh, first up, we're going to talk about Sora and Smash Brothers. So yeah, um, I want your opinion first because uh, I went to a local at the meta and sort of got their uh, opinions on the character, and I saw Kofi play it. Uh, who is one of our best friends and you know i have some opinions on the character from playing it myself as well so what do you think uh, about sora i like really like him uh i, I guess he kind of he's kind of like banjo where at first he doesn't seem like his moveset isn't like that crazy crazy like it's pretty you look at him it's pretty easy you know he has his magic attacks that rotate he has his like sonic blade that that's just pikachu's up b basically he has a pretty standard up b and his down b is a counter right? like, he's not like too crazy but the thing that makes him really fun i think is like his his three hit like you know aerials and just mm-hmm. melee combos or whatever um and i just love narrowing and just getting people with that three hit combo because it just feels so goddamn good every time and you can like do some weird shit with it uh, i mean i see some things on the on like the smash subreddit where like people like short hop fire and then like go into a combo and do some other crazy bullshit i'm like god damn what the hell <laughs> so yeah it seems like he could be pretty creative like the things he could do um but yeah i kind of just really like him i got used to his floatiness um you know i wasn't sure like when i first played him you know he has like the mewtwo last and nest like double jump and i wasn't like that big of a fan of it mm-hmm. but you get pretty used to it pretty fast and i, I don't think he dies that fast like i i I mean, I don't know. Like, I I've been like 157 percent, and I like was still like alive. So like, it doesn't really <laughs> seem like that big of an issue. I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's a big issue. I'm not. I, I'm not a pro Smash player, by the way. I'm just some scrub <laughs> that just likes to play the video game. So yeah, I don't really take my word for like balancing or anything like that. But in terms of just Sora himself, I think he's super fun, and I've been really enjoying him. He's definitely like one of my favorite DLC characters at the moment. I feel. Yeah, I mean. Sora was the reason why I bought Fighters Pass Volume 2. I was going to buy it either way just because, you know, that was the last character and I want to complete the roster. But yeah, yeah, Sora, like as a character, he's pretty fun. Uh, He is light. Uh, His floatiness is definitely very, very strange. But uh, like we said, when he was initially announced, Sakurai does a very good job sort of implementing any character that he brings into Smash from like their games. So, you know, Sora definitely feels like he's from Kingdom Hearts and his moveset, his floatiness, his combo game, like, 
he has the potential to be like a very strong character obviously we're still like only a week in so i feel like once we're like two to three months in and we still see him around i think that people can start saying oh okay like he's probably like a a pretty good character you know and i think that his combo game his his projectiles you know they're not like super good but they're not like super bad either so like you know the way you play around that and um sort of different play styles because i know that pk chris you know his his sora is definitely a little more campy than like kofi's sora you know kofi definitely wants to get in there and do those combos and do that crazy shit (laughs) so you know seeing the different play styles of sora is definitely very cool um and yeah i think that this was definitely the perfect final character like we said and you know he just seems like a, a really 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 fun character and i cannot wait to go and see more of him at tournaments and casual play whatever because you know sora is definitely the most requested fighter like sakurai said so the fact that he's actually in the game is really crazy still yeah and like i said i think i saw i could like make a lot of hype in terms of just like his combos and stuff because from the things i've been seeing and if people can actually do that in like a tournament like i think that'd be really hype to like see um and it doesn't seem as like brain debt to do as like when bayonetta first came out where people mm-hmm. were just doing that shit all the time like it seems like you do need to put some effort into it so um yeah, it's gonna be really cool to see like Sora do some crazy stuff if he if he gets up there, you know, if he's actually like considered a good character. Um, but yeah, just in terms of like you know everything else about Sora, like just all his costumes and like his stage, like, I think everything is really well done. After especially after playing Kingdom Hearts one, like I think they took a lot of the cool things from that game and just put it into like his Smash move set, and I just think that's really neat. I think they did a really good job with him, and I'm really enjoying playing him. Uh, you know, I love sword characters. Sorry, you know, I, I love the anime <laughs> sword fighters. You know, I love, Same. <laughs> I, I love I love Sephiroth and I love Pyramithra and I loved um I actually really liked Hero as well, even though he's like, you know, really gimmicky, but he was really fun. Um so yeah, I, I just like my sword fighters and I think Sora is definitely my favorite one right now. Um so yeah, uh, I've been really enjoying Smash again because I haven't played it in a bit, so it's really nice to uh, just get in there and, and play it again, even though I suck, but you know, this is how it is. <laughs> yeah, same. <laughs> all right so i guess i'll, I'll go just because I'm, yep. I'm right talking about sora so yeah i beat the kingdom hearts one uh i did everything in the game i got like ultimate weapon i defeated sephiroth and all the other super bosses and stuff and the game is really good uh, i think early on it's kind of rough to get into and it probably really explains why i dropped the game like all those years ago when i played it, the first ps3 collection a lot of this game is like kind of whatever uh because yeah the beginning is kind of slow but you know now that i played a lot of jrpgs at this point i'm kind of used to slow starts um but yeah, the, the beginning is really like rough. You know, there's a lot of like platforming, and again, the platforming of that game is pretty not good. You know, again, just like in Smash, Sora is very floaty, but not like in Smash. Like it's kind of like always bad because you know you don't want your platformers to be that floaty. And yeah, Sora kind of controls like shit. Uh, <laughs> and the combat doesn't really get too good till like mid game because you're kind of just stuck using just like three spells and like just your three hit combo. Uh, it's not really until honestly until like late game where you get some really cool shit and um. I guess like you like you get that Kingdom Hearts sort of gameplay you get more used to that's you know in the sequels and stuff like you know so I could do like crazy combos and like like aerials and stuff and you know it becomes a lot more fun to control and uh, you get like a bunch of more magic and stuff. Um, but yeah, honestly, like the game. It, it, like it's not too crazy to talk about just because it's a pretty simple game like you kind of just you know it's an action rpg where a pretty simple story where your friends get separated you gotta find them and that's it like it's not you know it's none of the crazy kingdom Hearts stuff yet like in terms of story and plot uh and the gameplay isn't too too crazy either like in the other games 
you know as well so the gameplay just ends up being pretty simple you know it's a pretty good way to like first play the game uh, i know some people say oh just skip the first game watch cutscenes but i don't know i think it's nice to see the evolution of certain game series from the first game even though the first games can be rough in certain like series i think it's always good to see where the game originates from and i i think it's really good it, it definitely feels a lot more like a final fantasy game because just because of all the spells and mp and how all that stuff works and um you know it doesn't really get its own identity till later but um as someone that likes final fantasy i think it really you know i guess like it feels kind of natural to me just to like play it because again it just feels like an action rpg with final fantasy stuff in it so i think that's pretty neat um and in terms of like all the late game stuff that i did i think those were like definitely the highlights of the game for me like i thought the sephiroth fight was really fun you know a lot of cool little mechanics you have to watch out for um you know just a really fun fight in general uh all the super bosses also were really fun as well um but yeah overall i, I really enjoyed my time with it you know um it was a really good game if you like i guess if you like disney or square stuff and you just I guess want to play a pretty good action RPG, you know, there's no harm in getting it. Usually the collection's like on sale for like 20 bucks and that's like six games in the first collection. So, well, I guess four games and like two movies, I guess, but um, <laughs> I, I definitely think it's worth getting into if you like Sora and you like JRPGs well enough. I think it's, it's a good time. You know, obviously is it my favorite like JRPG I ever played? Probably not, but I know the second game or the next games get like a lot better in terms of gameplay. So I'm very much looking forward to getting into those uh, at some point, uh, you know, not right now because November is going to be a busy month for like both school and for game releases is a yeah. shit ton of things i want but um yeah i'll probably get into chain of memory soon which i know is pretty divisive because it's like a card game and then i could get to <laughs> kingdom hearts too so yeah definitely uh, it's gonna be a long road because <laughs> there's a lot of games but um i'll get there i, I really did enjoy my time with it and i i want to see how the story uh, unfortunately continues because it gets fucking weird and you know how the <laughs> gameplay and other stuff evolves so yeah definitely looking forward to that uh, and next up, this is something I did not think I thought I would buy until I saw reviews for it, is the Marvel's uh, Guardians of the Galaxy game. So this is made by Eidos Montreal and published by Square. Uh, and there was a lot of, I guess, hesitation with this game, just because, you know, Square also published uh, the Avengers game, which was made by Crystal Dynamics. And that game has been, you know, kind of shitted on, uh, <laughs> mostly in terms of its live uh, life service type stuff, you know, all the, you know, the loot and the XP boosters and all that other stuff. But the campaign for Avengers, I heard, was always really like the strongest point of that game. And people lamented the fact that, like, oh, this should have just been a single player game. Like, why is this a life service game? Which I agree with. And it seems that, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy is sort of that answer to that, where it's just a straight up single player adventure. And that's it. You know, there's no microtransactions, nothing else. It's just like a straight up just good action adventure game and that's what it delivers i think i'm pretty far in i'm like 10 hours i played the shit out of it for the past two days <laughs> um and yeah it's really good uh it's something i did not expect but here we are uh the game i honestly i feel like the game is less of a i guess like a third person shooter and more of a i don't even know how to describe it i guess no i don't want to say rpg but Final Fantasy VII remakes combat. That's basically how it works. So basically, Star Lord can shoot and like sort of fly around in his jet boots, and that's it. Um, his like little blasters don't really do a whole lot of damage. Uh, everything comes from like your team and your elemental shots you could do. So some enemies are weak to certain elements, and you could like get them later on in the game. And you could switch your guns to that element and sort of shoot the enemy to do more damage. 
And if you press L1, you can select each of the guardians to do something. So Groot is more about like crowd control. Rocket's more about like big AOE damage. Drax is about like stagger damage, which enemy, every enemy has a stagger bar. And once you get that full, they get stunned and you could do more damage. And Gamora is about like single target like damage. So uh, if you combine all of those together, so you get like Groot to like hold them down, you get Rocket to shoot a grenade in there, Drax could stun them, and then Gamora could just like finish them off. It's kind of like how you kind of want to play the game. And it could turn out to be really fun and hectic just because you have to move around the battlefield and sort of like command all the guardians to do different things while you're like dodging out of the way and shooting yourself and yeah it's just a ton of fun it's basically what Sever remake is except you can't change characters which i think is the biggest weakness of the combat since you know just playing star lord can get a little i guess tedious at times like i wish i could just play as gamora and just slice people up or as drax and go crazy you know like i think that's something they could improve in the sequel um, in terms of combat but for the most part i think the combat is a lot of fun but if you're not used to this sort of thing it might be a bit much because it's not just a third person shooter and i think some people were just expecting that to be the case but it's not so yeah uh, the combat does take some time to get used to if you're not used to those sort of uh, things um and in terms of story and just like just how the game is i think it's great like i think the writing is like really like i guess really james gunny like it really does try to be like the movies but still has um enough identity to stand on its own, uh, stand on its own like you know each character have this, like different backstories compared to the mcu and stuff like it definitely does not feel the same like maybe the characters personalities like matches the movies pretty well but like everything else is really different like it, it like it doesn't just take the mcu is what i'm trying to say which is good i don't think it should do that because then you know it's like what's the point of playing this so we can just watch the uh, guardian movies or whatever um and yeah it's just really good um there's a lot of like honestly walking and talking which is something i didn't expect which is good because I, I mean i i don't care because it feels like i'm playing life is strange sometimes like what is this <laughs> <laughs> like so I'm, I'm just walking and then you make a lot of decisions that actually do affect the game overall like some characters will get mad at you or some characters will like you depending on what you do and it's just a good mix of an adventure game and an action game and it's just it really fits well for the guard like for the, i guess the guardian setting um and the game just overall also looks really pretty i'm playing on ps5 and um it just looks really nice like i think the graphics are really good the performance is always pretty nice as well you get some frame rate drops sometimes but for the most part it keeps at 60 pretty well um and yeah basically if you like guardians or marvel or like anything with guardians <laughs> it, i definitely think it's worth it's worth the buy uh definitely something i didn't expect me to buy day one but hearing about the strong reviews and i kind of want square to see like hey yeah this is what i want i want like single player marvel games uh and hopefully the game sells well so we could get more of that either a sequel to this game or just like just a different like i guess character like i would love to see an iron man single player game i think that'd be really neat because uh you know playing as iron man just seems always really cool to me um, but yeah, this is definitely the step in the right direction for Square for the Western teams to go in. And I'm excited to finish up the game and I'm excited to see if uh, they'll do more of this because uh, I am definitely am excited for like the future of these like Square Enix Marvel games. If this is the new direction I want to take and less with the Avengers style thing. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. All right. Well, yeah, that's all. Yeah, that's all I've been doing. <laughs> that's good to hear. Um, OK, so. Well, I've actually been playing some League of Legends, which is kind of kind of crazy just because, you know, I played that game for so long and I tried to go pro and that shit didn't end up well. But, you know, with Worlds and watching Worlds was just, you know, it's always so much fun waking up and just watching the international teams face one another and then NA getting, you know, knocked out of groups, except for C9. We, we had C9 and then they lost, but it is what it is. So playing League um i'm pretty much just like smurfing still like i haven't played like consistently since 
the start of this year i'm gonna be honest like ever since probably like even longer than that towards like the end of 2020 i haven't played consistently so you know just playing duo games with my friend and neighbor james uh just it's just fun because i'm still quote-unquote smurfing because i know a lot about the game but i'm playing at at like a gold level like against gold players so i'm kind of just like stomping the game we're not stomping the games because you know sometimes there are some like questionable plays that i'm doing and shit like that but it's still fun um i even played a game by myself because i was just like you know after this fucking day of like going to school and doing all 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 this bullshit i just need to you know chill out and just like do something that i kind of want to do and at the time i just wanted to play a game of league and then after that played some tft as well um yeah, TFT is fun. Uh, there's a new set coming out. Me and Kobe played it a little bit on PBE. It seems like it's going to be kind of crazy because there's a lot of like stuff that goes on like mid rounds where like they give you like different like boosts and like different like uh, sort of like traits, kind of like perks and like call and like COD. I'm I'm gonna be honest where it's like uh like all of your units will start with like more HP or like when you're uh team attacks they might heal just for like a little bit so like the buffs aren't like crazy but like it's enough to be like oh you need to like take that into consideration when you face this guy later so it seems it seems like that set's gonna be really fun so i cannot wait for that to hit live and actually start playing it in ranked um and then I got a whole lot of anime slash manga, so bear with me. So, um, I forgot to talk about this last time, the quintessential quintuplets manga. Uh, I started reading that uh, before last episode, and since then, I finished all of it. Um, it's only oh 14 volumes, and I think it's like 100-some chapters or whatever, but uh, pretty much I binge-read it because I wanted to see who was the best girl. Who did uh, Futari or... or Futuro uh, ended up with because that's pretty much how this manga opens up. So it's it's pretty much about this guy who uh, is tutoring these five idiot quintuplets, and at the end he ends up marrying one of them. So the entire manga slash anime is about you trying to figure out who he's going to end up with, and you sort of see his relationship with each one of them sort of form and develop. Um, so I'm not going to talk about spoilers, obviously, just because, you know, the first two seasons of the anime are still like super duper good, which is why when I was reading it, I was just like trying to get to the part of like the new stuff, which is, I believe, volume 11, which I didn't have. So I found a alleged link online and I read through that. And the reason why <laughs> I did that was because I bought it on right stuff. All right, guys, I bought it, but it just hasn't arrived yet because it's, it's out of stock. So I will have it. I will have supported the publisher and the, um, manga directly but you know i I just had to read that volume online but anyways you know from volume 11 through 14 that that's pretty much the rest of the series um like i said no spoilers but you know there is a little bit of like controversy with the ending uh because you know when you have five girls and it's a fucking harem and you have to choose one of them to get married to the main character the other girls you know people that like those you know like that's my waifu and <laughs> my and you wife. know the fucking waifu wars pretty much like if if the other four lose obviously a lot of people are gonna be fucking mad so um my opinion on the ending i'm fine with it i do feel like it was a little rushed um i feel like that there could have been a little bit more character development and a little bit more hinting um but outside of that, I'm not going to say much else because I don't want to, you know, give away too much. But Quintessential Quintuplets is still like a fantastic manga. And uh, my waifu, I mean, personally, 
I think Nino or Miku. I'm gonna be honest, but obviously, like those are like the I guess like two fan favorites. If you watch the anime or read wow. the manga, you could kind of see why. But like, I I mean, Miku's kind of. Anyways, um, you know, <laughs> <This is> man, <laughs> quintessential quintuplets. It's a fantastic fucking uh, series, and I highly recommend anyone to either give the anime a try because it is honestly a fantastic adaptation, or just read the manga because uh both ways are like pretty good um but yeah there's supposed to be like a movie to like uh, pretty much close off the rest of the anime so i, I wonder on i wonder on how that's gonna work because it pretty much has to do four volumes so I'm, I, I'm i'm honestly not sure because there's probably gonna be a lot of sort of like cutting um but yeah you know it, the pacing could have been better towards the later half of the series but it is what it is um rent a girlfriend so i just randomly just wanted to continue reading this so to anyone that wants to watch past or read past season one start on start on volume seven which is where i started uh for this sort of like manga log because i did read the previous six chapters but i didn't know that it had to take fucking six volumes i said chapters six volumes to get to uh the new stuff so i read volume seven eight and nine because i recently just got nine um and yeah it's still the same rent a girlfriend fucking nonsense with uh kazuya and fucking chizuru and you know there's shenanigans with the other girls with uh fucking mommy chan that fucking bitch uh, um, yeah <laughs> she really is <laughs> um yeah. but yeah you know it's still it's still great and you know shit happens where it's like only only this shit would not happen in real life but it would happen in a fucking anime slash manga like you know shit like that still happens and it's great it's fun i am still having a blast with rent a girlfriend and i will continue reading it as i get volumes physically i'm not gonna go online and read it because when I went to uh, Kino Kinea, you know, they have, like, the Japanese volumes. There's so many fucking volumes of Rental Girlfriend. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, I know this series is still going, but holy shit, how long is this story going to go on for, you know? But, yeah. Uh, Chainsaw Man. So, I started reading Chainsaw Man. I have been putting the series off for a long time. I have... Uh, pretty much like the first six or seven volumes, except for volume four, because that one's been out of print for a long time, but they recently just restocked it. Um, so I read the first two volumes just to go and see what the hype behind Chainsaw Man is, and I can see it. I mean, I'm not like super duper into it, but it is a fun shonen series. Um, it's pretty much about this guy who, uh, I, I mean, I don't even want to give like the plot synopsis just because I feel like that that would spoil some stuff. But uh, it's a shonen series about this guy that he meets, you know, some other people and, you know, he somehow becomes the chainsaw man, if you will, you know, like that. <laughs> that's pretty much it. Um, and the main character, he is likable. I will say that. I think that that is like a huge plus, especially since My Hero with, you know, Deku, you know, he's not, he's not very likable in my opinion, guys. But, you know, with... Uh, Itadori from JJK, and now we have uh, Deji in uh, Chainsaw Man. I think that he is a very likable character, and he is very fun, um, relatable to some people, uh, and relatable in other ways, if you will. Uh, not to give anything away, but yeah, Chainsaw Man, it is pretty good. Um, Komi Can't Communicate, so the anime adaptation is finally out. I think that this is definitely my most hyped sort of anime s series for this season. Uh, and it's on Netflix. Unfortunately, it's fucking locked behind Netflix. So they are they are releasing episodes weekly, but they're two episodes behind. So uh, Japan has episodes one through four. Netflix only has episodes one through two. So 
if you guys don't know what Comey Can't Communicate is, it's pretty much about this girl who has a severe social anxiety disorder. And you have this guy named Tonto who just happens to uh, befriend her and wants to help her make 100 friends. And that's pretty much uh, the entire show where he tries to get her to open up more, get over the sort of social anxiety thing and sort of get friends. And these first episode is pretty much all about them sort of like getting to sort of get that relationship going and then the second episode is about introducing Najmi who's uh, one of the friends that is a very much recurring character uh, and we don't know if uh, they are a, a boy or girl so you know I'm gonna try my best to use non-gender uh, pronouns you know they them their sort of thing when describing Najmi but yeah, they are a very interesting and fun character, as you will see in episode two. And yeah, I mean, I personally, I've watched episode one maybe like three times when it came out. I'm going to be honest. It was just so good because the oh. animation, the animation is insane for a fucking slice of life. I'm going to be honest. Like, it looks fucking beautiful. Um, the, the voice acting, the music, everything that an anime adaptation needs, it's all fucking coming together for Komi Can't Communicate, which is kind of crazy because it's a slice of life you know series it's not like a shonen where like you need like these you know insane animation budgets but like this show it looks fantastic it sounds fantastic um so yeah that's that's why i am very much hyped to continue watching komi can't communicate as it comes out uh you on uh, netflix season three uh came out a couple weeks ago and i decided to binge watch it and it definitely put me behind on my studies because the show is just fucking crazy. I mean, if you guys don't know what you is as like a Netflix show, it's pretty much about this guy named Joe Goldberg, who's kind of of a creep and also a murderer. Uh, so he's trying to find the one, if you will. So, you know, he's pretty much going around trying to, you know, get with these girls. And he's always focused on one person, um, maybe two, depending on which season you're watching. But, you know, season three, I think it literally just kicks the entire show up to like a fucking 11 when it comes to how insane and how crazy shit gets i mean there's a lot of shit that happens within the first couple of episodes that i was just like what the fuck is going on and even by the end of it i was just like all right well i guess that's how it ended um but even before when season three even came out they already announced season four which i was kind of disappointed by i'm gonna be honest i feel like like that this show should end soon because i don't want it to drag on for so long i think i talked about this with the uh, sex education where people were like yeah you know like the show should probably end soon because it's not it's not you know having the same quality and same longevity as you know most netflix shows do when they go on for however many seasons you know so you know with you it's it was good. Like season three was fucking insane, but I feel like after season four, it it has to end because like Joe Goldberg, like you know he's he's run his course as a character. Yep. I feel. But anyways, yeah, I, I feel like when it comes to like shows, like I feel like you know when they find something successful, they want they want like let it go, mm -hmm. um, and that could go on to like drag some things out. So you know if a show is successful, you should just let it end in a good note. <laughs> while people like it and not like mm -hmm. keep going until it's like not good. I mean, I think Walking Dead is a good example of that. Like, you know, I think the show ended that like a long time ago, but I think it's still going. I think it's ending now, but like, like yeah. does anyone even care anymore? Like, not really. So, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of just, yeah. <laughs> just my rant about Walking Dead again. You're good. You're good. Uh, that was a good little tidbit. But now we're going to talk about some Spider Man stuff. So, 
Uh, first up, uh, this is not No Way Home related, but this is Spider-Man related. So Kevin Feige and Marvel Studios had a quote-unquote battle plan to deter Sony from The Amazing Spider-Man 3. So if you ever sort of went online and read up like what Sony's plans were for The Amazing Spider-Man 3 with like uh, sort of like reincarnating Gwen Stacy and like a bunch of other like clone saga shit, I don't know what the fuck they were doing with that. Um, so maybe it was a good thing, but pretty much a quote from the direct article. Uh, Feige scrambled together a impromptu mini creative retreat with their core creative producers if they were even the slightest chance if there were even the slightest chance peter parker could be a part of the mcu feige wanted to have the bones of the battle plan already figured out if they were if there were an opportunity to broker some kind of deal with sony how would it work and if they leveraged something like a five picture deal what stories would they want to tell so they pretty much had a plan uh if sony was like all right marvel studios we need help <laughs> because they honestly like you know the amazing spider-man duology as it is now you know it does get a lot of shit because it is so fucking like poorly ran because yeah. of the whole <laughs> romanticizing peter's parents and like trying to be so different from you know what spider-man is really about which is just being about you know just being a good superhero and not about you know these fucking spy espionage parents and shit like that you know so but the people behind it you know like mark Mark Webb, Andrew Garfield, Emma Stone, you know, everyone that was a part of The Amazing Spider-Man, you know, actors, crew, I think that they did, like, whatever they could, like, pretty well, honestly. You know, like, Andrew Garfield, it has been shown that he loves fucking Peter Parker. So, you know, to see that his, you know, third movie was thwarted by Marvel Studios is a little sad and him coming back to potentially be in No Way Home. Uh, obviously, nothing is completely confirmed yet, but... You know, him coming back to play that role, you know, is going to be very cool. But at the same time, you know, hearing this news, I, I don't even know what would go through his head if he were to hear this news now, just because it's like, ah, shit, you know, like my third movie was fucked by you guys. But it is what it is, I feel like at this point, you know? Yeah, I mean, like, I think Andrew Garfield was a great Spider-Man, like, as Spider-Man. As Peter Parker, I wasn't too convinced by him. Like, I thought he was like... I don't know. He never fit like Peter Parker in my eyes. Mm-hmm. But in terms of Spider-Man, I thought he did a good job. Like especially Amazing Spider-Man too. Like you know he was wacky doing quips and stuff. Like I, I thought he was a bit better than Tobey Maguire when it comes to that like standpoint, which I know might be a little controversial to say, but <laughs> I, I did actually did enjoy when he was Spider-Man. It, it was like pretty nice to see. It just everything else around the movies weren't like good at all. <laughs> but um, I, I I do think the actors also did a good enough job. Uh, it was just like yeah, the whole thing with the parents was weird and. Like, I don't know where they were really going with anything <laughs> in that series. <laughs> so I am glad that, you know, they were able to get Spider-Man for the MCU in the end. But yeah, I could, I wonder what Andrew Garfield was thinking was just like, oh man, like, I, I could have gotten a third movie, but now you want me to be in this one? Oh, man. I mean, maybe he doesn't really, I mean, that too much bad blood about it, but I'm yeah, not yeah, too yeah. sure. I think like at this point, if he is in No Way Home, they probably cut him a fat ass check. You know oh, what I'm yeah. saying? So, you know, probably he doesn't care if like money is a thing but like at the same time you know it's like ah shit you know like i could have gotten a fucking third movie you know what i'm saying so yeah it's um yeah it's it is really interesting that you know because i you know those movies right weren't doing too hot i don't think i don't think they made that mm-hmm. much money either like especially yeah, because we watch it yeah we watch it in theaters and it was just like dude like this is like yikers man like <laughs> <laughs> i was literally watching this live like and i'm like man this sucks <laughs> <laughs> so um yeah it was definitely a dark time to be a spider-man fan during you know during like the mid 2010s or whatever mm-hmm. so um yeah definitely not great so yeah i am generally am happy that 
Kevin Feige was able to like rip it out of like you know that series. But yeah, I wonder how things would have turned out if they were able to make Amazing Spider-Man three. Would they be able to save the whole series? Probably not, because you know it usually <laughs> doesn't happen. But um, yeah, in the end, I am happy that he's in the MCU for now, anyway. <laughs> uh yeah. <laughs> All right, so now we got a bunch of information about No Way Home. So the Empire released like a whole bunch of stuff, and yeah, you probably they got see, like, like a, a bunch meme. of yeah, yeah, they got a bunch of like exclusive stuff. But go on. Yeah, they're like they're, you probably see like the meme image around, or just Spider-Man just running away from Doc Ock, and that's been around for a bit. <laughs> um, so yeah, basically it's being described as a Spider-Man Endgame, which doesn't really surprise me. Um, you know, uh, Tom Holland didn't really believe the multiverse Sinister six, uh, six pitch at first. But uh, he was unsure if they could pull it off, which, you know, they, they are. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> that, that, that seems to really indicate that they are going to do the, the whole that whole plot point, which which is really cool to see. Because I don't think any movie has done that yet, right? Like, they haven't done the whole mm-hmm. Sinister Six because it's, like, such a – so many things to really pull from. But if you take them from multiple movies, you don't really have to establish a character too much because, you know, if you watch those movies, kind of got the whole deal with, you know, what the deals are. So um, that's going to be really cool to see in, like, in, like a movie. Like, I feel like – that really is like the end game for a Spider-Man movie is to see the Sinister Six and I guess some multiverse stuff going on like that. I couldn't think of a better way to sort of just conclude this whole, I guess, like homecoming, like trilogy or whatever this is called now. Like mm-hmm. that is just like such a cool way to end it. And, you know, Spider-Man has always been one of the bigger like heroes ever, you know, that and Batman, you know, like we were saying, I know he's not Marvel, but in terms mm-hmm. of superheroes themselves and him getting a proper, I guess, ending uh, does seem fitting just because you know he is one of the most popular heroes around so i think that's really cool <laughs> yeah and you know with the whole like multiverse sinister six pitch that's sort of just like you know the original pitch i'm assuming is what sort of was brought to tom holland tom holland was like this shit can't work and uh, i guess they were hopefully able to pull it off but yeah i mean it being described as spider-man endgame i mean obviously like this is from the fucking director john watts he's probably just trying to hype hype shit up and you know with everything that's going on with the internet he probably doesn't even have to do that but you know him just saying that in this empire article describing it as spider-man endgame is fucking crazy i mean you know if bro if we do see toby and andrew whether it's in the second trailer or when we actually go into the fucking theaters and seeing them like that shit's gonna be fucking wild and you know that's gonna be like the equivalent of when in avengers endgame spoilers when fucking you know steve rogers lifted uh the hammer like that shit every single time i went to theaters to see endgame and that moment came up it was always fucking crazy and you know first time seeing that live in theaters was it it that moment will always be something that I will remember from my movie going experience. And I hope the same thing for no way home. And, you know, these images, the new stills, the info that we're slowly getting, you know, people are eagerly awaiting for a second trailer that will 100% drop before the movie comes out, obviously. But, you know, every single day it's, it's a new date. It, It might be today, might be tomorrow. Who the fuck knows, you know, but, um, yeah, you know, Spider-Man No Way Home, you know, we've been on this fucking course for I don't even know how long, you know, ever since Jamie Foxx accidentally Instagrammed that picture of all of these Spider-Man and him in the background as Electro, you know, so yeah, it's it's going to be crazy. And, you know, going on to this next article with uh, the uh, sort of like the, one of the coolest scenes with a mysterious character, you know, people have been uh, theorizing who this character is, but it, it's pretty much them 
all at a table talking about what it means to be a hero. Um, and people are theorizing it, it, it might be Toby Spider-Man. It could be Charlie Cox's Daredevil, another character, who knows? Um, and Tom Holland still plays dumb to the whole multiverse Spider-Verse story in this article. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, me personally, who do I think that is that sort of like mysterious character? It could very much well be Daredevil, but I feel like that if it is Toby Spider-Man, like that shit would just be 100% people are, are going to be fucking crying in theaters if it <laughs> yeah. is actually, you know, Toby Spider-Man because, you know, what it means to actually be a hero and, like, that sort of, like, premise of, like, the sort of scene, that that just sounds crazy, you know? <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like it has to be Toby Maguire saying it just because it's, like, like, you know, that's just how you do that, you know? Like, that that's the easiest way to get, um, I guess, a reaction out of people, just, like, like, just yeah, just him talking about how it was like to be the Spider-Man. You know, he he being like the first movie Spider-Man and one of the first like really big superhero movies to even come mm-hmm. out. Like, I think it's just really like like you know that that'd be a pretty sick scene. That's what I'm gonna be saying. <laughs> you know, like I, you know, as we both grew up with the Tobey Maguire movies, like I think it's gonna be really cool to just sort of see just see that scene with the newest Spider-Man and then the older Spider-Man just talking. That'd be yeah. Sick. <laughs> I mean, but um. Yeah, definitely people around our age and even a little bit older, you know, just if we actually do get to see these all three Spider-Man on screen like that, that's going to be a moment. And whenever that second trailer comes out, we don't know if they're actually going to be in the trailer. We don't know if they're actually in the fucking movie. We could just be, you know, playing ourselves right now. But, you know, whatever this movie is going to be, you know, it's it's going to be crazy because the fact that they're pulling in all of these other villains from other movies like they have to be in this movie, right? Like, there's no fucking shot. So yeah, I mean, they, they have to be at this point. Like, like they've been setting themselves up with like so much stuff with the whole multiverse and stuff. <laughs> like, I'd be surprised if like none of that stuff happens. Like, like again, this movie has been such a like a ride over the last few years that everything we've been saying probably just has to be true at this point. Like, I, I refuse to believe Toby's not gonna be in this movie now. You know what I mean? Like, he has to be in here. Like, where's Toby? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah and um yeah probably in the second trailer they probably are going to show more of the um i guess other characters in the other movies um you know they, they have to show toby at that point I, I i really want it to be a surprise until the movie but at this point we all know so they might as well just show it to like drum up extra hype i guess but um yeah it's, it's either way it's going to be an insane movie you know yeah you know just everything because like at this point Andrew and Toby being in the movie is Hollywood's worst fucking kept secret because like I said, Jamie Foxx, my man leaked that shit the moment he was he was announced for uh No Way Home and people were speculating like why is he in this movie? And obviously it was all just coming together, you know, when they eventually announced Doctor Strange to be a part of this movie and everything like that. So yeah, I mean, you know, there's other, like, speculative stuff, like, uh, you know, Doctor Strange spell brings Toby and Andrew into the MCU, but Ned needs to find them, so that's sort of how uh, they get brought to Tom Holland, and uh, the Rhino may or may not be the sixth member of the Sinister Six, we don't know for sure yet, I know that in the, in one of the Empire articles, I believe it confirms that, uh, what's it called, uh, Sandman and... Uh, the lizard are confirmed as the other villains um, on top of Willem Dafoe uh, um, as Green Goblin, Doc Ock, and Electro. So 
and other things like Toby's Peter isn't a variant, but actually the same one from the Raimi trilogy. And once again, you know, every single day people are trying to fucking figure out when this second trailer is going to drop. You know, things are leaking. People are posting screenshots about, you know, it's it's being uploaded on the fucking Sony account. They have like five private videos and shit like that. So, yeah, people people are going crazy for this movie and rightfully so just because this is this is going to be a fucking event when it comes to theaters later later this year we're literally less than two months away i believe it's like 49 days now or something like that because i i I always see those fucking tweets on my timeline about like we are 49 days away from spider-man no way home and shit like that so yeah less than two months until we actually see this goddamn movie so i know i'm like really excited just to watch it so we can talk about it and then no more rumors <laughs> <laughs> because it's i'm like please no more rumors i just want to see the movie at this point and um you know it's just gonna be such a big event for any spider-man fan honestly so like yeah mm-hmm. I, i'm very excited to watch this movie i already have like my you know my phone set up like hey the tickets are right to buy because i'm gonna buy it <laughs> um so yeah it's definitely gonna be probably is definitely gonna be the most like watched movie or the mo- the movie that makes the most money like this year probably because yeah I, I, I can't think of another movie coming out that's gonna like actually draw people back to theaters i mean shang chi like made a shit ton of money just because you know oh new marvel movie out uh, mm-hmm. so and you know it was a uh, anticipated one as well so yeah it wouldn't surprise me this movie is probably the thing that brings theaters back for at least a little bit um so yeah that, that's gonna be i bet the theaters are really happy about that <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah and best of luck to those movie theater employees whenever you know this movie comes out because yeah and that's crazy that you mentioned it like this is probably going to be the best sort of like box office selling movie of the year and it's coming out literally in fucking december so yeah <laughs> yeah like the that's, very end <laughs> that's just the power of the mcu and spider-man in general but yeah whenever that second trailer drops we will 100 talk about it but is there anything else you want to say about spider-man um no i think that's everything all right so thank you guys for listening to the travis and Amy podcast that's all we have for today we'll see you guys two weeks from now with another episode later <laughs>